You're listening to Podcasting Paradigms with David Truss. This is Roy Henry Vickers, Part 3, Spiritual Rudder and Storytelling. Walking along the roads, carrying these stones. Looking for some place to rest our weary bones. Tearing stories and we're singing songs and we create the place we map along. So I'd love to ask you one more thing because it, it, to me it's very interesting. Um, you've shared very openly about um, alcoholism and about thinking about suicide in the past. Yeah. And so many times when I've met people who have gone to those places, it seems like something that they're fighting every day. I don't see that in you. No. Uh, yeah. I don't. I, I... The way... So I, I put it this way. When you when you have no spirit, when you've lost your spiritual walk in this world, then you have no rudder. You have no you're just you're in your body and you're in your soul. Your soul is not your spirit. Your soul is your persona, your character, your the way you express yourself. And so, when you look at me, you see the body. When you feel me, when you look at my eyes, there are two things you see. The soul and the spirit. So, people say the eyes are the window to the soul. The eyes are also the window to the spirit. Because I can look at you and you can look at me and I can be who I am and look at you and not have to look away somewhere else because I'm uncomfortable. Because mm-hmm. I'm uncomfortable in, this, in all my imperfections, okay. <laughs> and so it's okay when you look at me. You're not going to see anything that I don't care, or that I I want you to see me. Mm-hmm. You know, and I want to see you. Oh, that's funny. There's another thing. There's there. I got a funny story to okay. add to this one. So I'm in the gallery one day, and the phone rings, and it's for me and this person's from Los Angeles and it was a woman and she said uh, we're working on this um, cartoon type of uh, caricature and we, your name has come up and we would like you to think about being uh, an advisor on this uh, making this film and I said, well, that's, it's an honor that you asked me from so far away. And it's, when it comes to spiritual matters, you know, there, and my culture and the walking in this earth in a good way, those are all very important issues to me every day of my life. So right away, I, wanna, I want to be, to help you and to share what I know with you. And, and if it helps you, that's great. But, what is the commitment? What do, if I say yes, I can. I'd like to do this. What what is it that I must do? Well, we would need uh, at least eight months of your life. I mean, physically down there in in Los Angeles. Yes. Um, I'm sorry, but I I couldn't do that. 
I couldn't do that. And I forgot about it. I forgot all about it. And we're sitting here watching this movie one day, and I'm watching it. What the heck? Avatar. Avatar. That was the cartoon. That's not a cartoon. It's a movie. Well, yeah, she said it was a movie. It's an animation. So I turned down the the job of being the advisor, the spiritual advisor. For Avatar. For Avatar. But every time I think of it, somebody heard me talking about seeing and to be able to see the truth and to be able to look when when you look at someone not to be afraid of them seeing who you are because if you look Mm -hmm. at them in the eyes and they look at you in your eyes they're going to see who you are and I thought oh isn't that and so I said to my family this is I turned down the job to to be the advisor to this movie (laughs) (laughs) Uh, funny yeah but that's about it. that's what it's it's all about seeing and knowing and and, the, and then it, I was reminded of the fact that when you when you are in this place standing in the strength and the truth and beauty of who you are the warrior that you are is noticed by many 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 people you may have no idea but it's happening and really you don't need to know it's happening. You need to know that you're being where you need to be. That's it. Mm-hmm. And uh, somebody said to me, have you been in a room and all of a sudden you just stop and turn to see who came in? Like, how did you know somebody even came into the room? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt that. Oh, it was uh, Angelie Zarian, the storyteller. I did a workshop with her. And she said, uh, when you are, when you, as you practice and practice and practice and practice of standing in the strength and truth and beauty of who you are, your influence grows physically. And when I was at the Meadows, they taught us by standing in a room and, and having someone walk up to you behind you so you can't see them. They taught us to say when we felt that they were they were close enough, when we could feel where they were and they've stepped into our boundaries and you know you're in my space now so you could just stop there. Mm-hmm. And I realize that in the in your strength of who you are, that your presence can be felt by people on the other side of the room. And they don't know why, but some will, someone will just turn and look. And they, they saw you or they knew you were there. Mm-hmm. And I felt it so many times and realized there, there are many people who walk in this knowledge and there are some who do not share the knowledge. And they use the knowledge to further themselves in society mm-hmm. and there are others who have the knowledge and they share it openly and freely mm-hmm. why because they they're not interested in gaining anything in society they're interested in having society gain what they have 
So again, back to the warriorship and saying, okay, how do I influence people to think more about the environment? How do I help people to understand that, that we cannot continue to take and take and take from this world? How can I, how, and where do I fit into this? How do I, where do I find a balance in how much fuel I use in my truck? You know, and how, and how do I deal with someone who says, well, if you really care so much about that, how can you drive that big diesel truck around? <laughs> you have to come to grips with all of those uh, and say, well, I'm doing the best I can do here and this is what I can do. Yeah. And so I have horses and I have things that this truck helps me, enables me to, to do yes. things with. And so I'll, do, I'll, I'll live with this. Yeah. Yeah. So. And that, that's that's the thing you're talking about spirituality and, and living with and accepting what you do instead of yeah. yeah well thank you I think um you know it was is it Chief Dan George is that his name yeah that you were telling me yeah. that you know yesterday about um, the idea of storytelling which I feel like I've participated in right now but yeah. if you could tell the story of what he told you that oh, would be great yeah yeah. He, I said this to his son, where or Lem George, his, his son was with me one day, and I was talking to this group of people, and I said, you know, there's a time when I used to say to people, a picture is worth a thousand words. If you want to know what I have to say, well, you go and see my pictures, go and look at my pictures. Mm -hmm. I really don't have the words to share with you. And then I remembered. Dan George saying to me, Roy, when you speak with people, you should speak from your heart because their hearts will hear you if you speak from your heart. If you speak only from your head, only their heads will hear you. And when they get old like me, they'll forget, but their hearts, they'll never forget. <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah. When I said that to this group of people, Len came up to me afterwards and he said, holy smokes, the guy got had goosebumps all over my body, <laughs> eagle bumps, because yeah. it felt like eagle's feathers coming up the back of my neck. And I, I don't know how he ever learned to talk like that, but if I didn't know you were going to be doing that and it was you doing it and you just did it in a room somewhere, I would think it was my dad. <laughs> but that was what he was talking about was the pictures that I was speaking with, mm -hmm. that I should be doing them from my heart. Yeah. So he was one of those people early in my career before I became an artist that was saying, when you do, you do it from your heart. And so he was one of the mentors that gave me the knowledge that I should wait for inspiration to come before I act <laughs> as an artist. And if you work from inspiration, your heart will speak. <laughs> it just, it just dwells. It's just like life, it happens. Yeah. Just like mm -hmm. teaching, it happens. We're, we're all teachers. Grace is yeah. a teacher. You know, nine years old, and there's lots of children that learn from her, and there's lots of adults that learn from her. Same with Walkers. I'll never forget that day, nine years ago, hey, love? And we were in the living room over there, and there was nothing here, it was a deck. 
and we were all sitting around and we were saying goodbye. Eight years ago, yeah. We were saying goodbye to their nanny. And she was going away, a long ways away, and, and we had dinner together and we'd do something where we circle up and, and we take the feather and we pass the feather around and each mm -hmm. person has, has the floor to speak and everyone else has the ears to listen with respect. And Wakas is nine, so he's two, two, and two, and two, two and a half. Mm -hmm. Wow. Anyway, so I just passed it over him. And so after whoever it was was speaking, as they were speaking, Wakas just pulled on my shirt. Uh, I, me talk, Dad. Yeah. So, okay, Wakas. And I went to the next, and then to the next, and I don't know how many people, and finally I realized, uh, just a sec here, your, your son wants to speak. Yeah. So I just stopped, stopped everybody and I said, excuse me, but you missed somebody here. <laughs> so the feather came back and it was given to Walkers. And he got up on the coffee table and sat down on the coffee table, kind of sideways like, and he started talking looking at the feather, talking very quietly. And he said, Can you tell it? It's really hard. Katie. Um, Kate, well, he used to call the, our nanny Katie. Her name was Katie. Katie. Katie, I'm going to miss you. And catching frogs. And, yeah. And... Oh. And then he started crying. He had tears in his eyes, but he kept talking and he was holding it. But it was a lot of the things we couldn't quite understand because he didn't have the vocabulary. But he, it was so heartfelt, and you could tell he was trying to tell all the stories of his time with Katie. And he was stroking the feather. And Katie, when we went for walks, and Teddy, and I said, no, Teddy, I don't like it, Teddy. <laughs> so, he, but it it was such a mood. Everybody in the room, it was just a child speaking about whatever, and a lot of times you couldn't understand, but we were all weeping because it was so heartfelt. And here's this little boy who was wanting to share with everybody about his experience yeah. with... with um, yeah someone very dear to him. I was so thankful that I realized, and it was just another one of those things where you, where you realize, just a sec, you're, you're missing something very important, right? And my buddy Luke was standing, kind of standing, and he had his arms crossed, trying to hold it all in. <laughs> Big tears are running down his face. And it was, why did I want to tell you that now? It was about, about the voice, about speaking. And, and giving people the freedom to speak, and, and when when you have something to say and you know it, that's one thing. But when someone else is speaking and they have something to say and you know it, well, that's a massive, massive gift 
when you have the ability to just stop yourself and listen and feel. And so out of this little boy comes this mm. massive gift, and it was the, the biggest gift in, in, yeah. of all of those. People. Oh yeah, I don't think I don't think anything anyone else has said could have had as much meaning to Katie yeah. at, at that point. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, and what's really neat, just uh, thank you so much, Roy. But to, <laughs> I've got to wipe the tears out of my eyes. Yeah. Um, uh, you just keep going back to teaching and how important teaching is. Teaching, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's uh, that's what has me here now. And uh, um, you know, you're speaking from a two and uh, a two and a half year old right up to um, uh, Chief George. Yeah. And so uh, it's just amazing that uh, uh, how important the teachers are in our lives. Oh, and how important it is for teachers to. To be given, first of all, to know the emotions. That's the other thing about the seven emotions. Yeah. I know my mother, who was a respected teacher for 40, there, there are teachers today who come to me in the gallery with children who come up to me and say, your mother was my teacher in grade two. <laughs> and she was the best teacher I had, all of my teachers, all through university. And I'm a teacher because that's wonderful. <laughs> so it, it's so it, it's so important for us today to to like mom didn't know the seven basic emotions mm-hmm. and and those seven basic emotions today carry me daily on my journey and the journey is about sobriety it's not about abstinence it's mm-hmm. about sobriety mm-hmm. it's about always being of sober mind. Mm-hmm. And, and why? Well, because when your mind is clear, when your mind is sober of thought, you have the ability to have clear thought and clear vision and make the necessary steps as a leader and a warrior mm-hmm. to affect change in the world around you. And to me, the greatest change that must be made today is in education, mm-hmm. is in the way I, I'm working with Karen Stephenson, who's been back east for many years, and, and we started this two years ago, because she's always seen this, and it keeps growing and growing and growing, so we're working on the book before directions, Excellent. and we're talking about emotions and how the knowledge of emotions and their gifts must be taught to the teacher so the teacher can teach it to the children I didn't learn it from my Sunday school teacher so no spiritual teacher no church organization gave me that I didn't get that till I was 45 years old at the end of my rope from a, from a, a therapist at the Meadows in Wickenburg Arizona and it's basic knowledge and, and it was given to them by by doctors of the human mind and how the human mind works. So it matters not what nationality, what language, what color your skin is, those emotions will exist within you as a human being. And that's how I also, another thing I always say is, you know, we are not different races of people. 
there's one human race and we yes. all walk in two legs and we're all part of that race. Yes. And the Indians are not another race. And the white man is not another, we're just different skin colors. Mm -hmm. And when you, the more you speak with each other and learn each other's languages, you will know just how familiar your lives are. And familiar is what family is. Yeah. And so the, the way the spiritual leaders in North America put it was, the Creator gave us the sky as our father and the earth as our mother. And without the sun in the sky that comes to the earth and warms the earth, we would not have the life we have. And we are all their children. We are all family. And if, if people could, could think that way, there would be more peace on earth. Mm -hmm. And the peace, and, and I'm a peace dancer. That was the other thing I wanted to share with you. Here, years and years and years later, this woman in, in Rivers Inlet from Oakino, who has known me since I was a little boy, younger than Wakas, she sent her son, Ted Wakas, to come and ask me if I would accept an adoption into her family. And I said to Ted, I was suspicious right away. I said, well, what does that mean, Ted? Well, she wants to adopt you, so you'll be my brother. She wants to give you one of the chieftainships in our in our house because there's nobody to to take it. And she's been watching you for a long time. So I'd been two years in sobriety, and I'd just gone through the sweat lodge, and had just come to the understanding of the four directions. And so, with some fear, I said, "Yes, I will. I will be honored to be your brother and to be adopted by your mom." And so, I was adopted. I was given the name Placoagila, which means copper man. And in that first year of my accepting the chieftainship, I was asked if I would learn to dance the dance of peace. Hmm. I was told, you must have a rattle, you must carry the rattle, and when you dance the hoilikila, it's called, the peace dancer, it's called the hoilikila. So when you are the hoilika, hoilikila, you will come out from behind the curtain and all those drummers will be singing your song and you will dance until they finish singing and your rattle never stop. <laughs> so I got to become the peace keeper, the peace dancer. And so for Ted Wakas, even though I'm older than him, the peace dancer is usually a young man. Here I am at 65, and two years ago when I was 63 years old, I, I was his peace dancer at his potlatch. That's wonderful. <laughs> so it's amazing how you get these confirmations every once yeah. in a while. Yeah. And they come to those who are, I think, uh, very sp spiritual and emotional. And yeah. That's where the, that's where the real teaching is. That is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The spirit and the emotion. And when, uh, and when the when the, the, the instructor who was trying to get me to emote was actually emoting. She was stamping her foot on the floor yeah. and she was angry. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't I didn't know what it was she meant till years later. Yeah. But it fine when I did. That's the first image that comes to me is Miss Pickett stopping her foot beside my desk. Roy, you must be moped. You must be moped. <laughs>
Thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. When we met, I told you my story. And I said, rap when you told yours. Made our lives up out of some inarticulate perfect glory. And laid our rocks on the opposite shore. 